your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome, everyone. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now embarked on your hour of Thrive Time. I'm excited to have you a part of the show today, not only because the show is going to be absolutely fantastic, and I've been thinking about it all week, I've been looking forward to bringing this content to, to you, but also because today is the big game. This show is preceding the big game today, and I know many of you are gearing up for that. In our country here in the U.S., boy, we celebrate uh, right around this time a huge year-end football game, and it is game night tonight, so we're excited about that. And I'm going to share with you some thoughts about the lessons that a big game like this can produce, because there are lessons in everything. If you take a step back and disregard the 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 glitz and the glamour and the hype, uh, there are lessons that you can take away from just about everything. So I'm 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 very very eager to share with you what I'm thinking about. And I've got in studio here, our show producer, he's going to chime in with some of these things. We're going to talk about lessons from the big game. But before we do that, I want to thank you. If you're joining our show for the very first time today, boy, you're in for a treat. This is the hour of thrive time. I know that your hour of investment will yield great return in content, in quality broadcasting. And not only some of the, uh, some of the topics that we're going to discuss today, but in applicable, appliable ways that you can certainly use some of these uh, conversations that we're going to have today to apply to your life. And that's what this show is all about. It's about bringing you great content that will help you continue to thrive in different areas of life. And today's show is absolutely no different. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Now, our continuing, our show continues to grow week to week to week, not only here uh, on a live format on Sunday mornings, but as we have our recordings uh, posted on all of our social media sites, uh, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and all our platforms, our recordings become available on Monday morning, and it gives you an opportunity to hear the show again. And you could find those recordings directly at our website, by the way. You can go to the jmamietalkshow.com, go to the archive section, and you can pick up all of our prior episodes. They're fantastic. And while you're at it, go to the jmamie.com site, the jmamie.com site. You'll find me there as well with my books, my blogs, my articles, my videos, tons of content, including my merchandise store, which right now continues to break daily records and people purchasing these action-stoking, thought-provoking quotes and phrases and motivational um, thoughts that I, I, I come up with. And you can have them printed on your on your coffee mug. You can have them printed on a poster. You can put them on it. I mean, there's, there's so many different items on there that you can have it printed on that it'll give you a chance to stay in that thrive-minded mode throughout the course of the week at work or at home. So make sure you check that out. And make sure you visit the business directory site. We've got great people on there. And follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. My Instagram is the J Mamie. So is the same on Twitter. The J Mamie. Track me down that way. Visit my Facebook page and hit that like button as well. But I'm excited because today's two speakers are going to deliver such a message that it's going to inspire you in ways that maybe you had not thought of before. Our featured guest today is Josh Tolley. Josh Tolley is not only a prolific business builder, but he is also a business builder to 
other business builders, and he's a, a best-selling author, four best-selling books. He's a champion of the entrepreneurial spirit. He's got such a passionate message to inspire people about living an entrepreneurial life from his perspective that you're going to enjoy him being on the show shortly. And then our author spotlight today is a brand new book that's already making headway and it's making impact. The book is called Selling Through the Storms. And the author of that book, George Futterman, is going to talk to us a little bit about how to continue to perform at a high level while you are dealing with the storms of life. So we've got a dynamic show ahead for you today in your hour of Thrive Time. But what are some of the lessons? You know, today, Pat, Pat, today's a big day, right? we got the big game today. We've got Kansas City. We've got Tampa Bay. We've got Brady. We've got Mahomes. We've got uh, really a stellar day ahead of us. Uh, and it's the big game. But uh, before I get into some thoughts about lessons we can learn, Pat, what are your thoughts on the big game today? This is probably going to be one of the most exciting games you're ever going to see. Uh, definitely at at a level such as this, you've got a dynamic young quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and you've got the the all-time field general in Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. This is could, could be the passing of the torch, or it could be Tom Brady saying, <laughs> I'm holding on to this torch a little <laughs> while longer. Either way, this game has all the makings to be so memorable for many years to come. You know, and that's really the first lesson, Pat. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, being a memorable game. Because, guys, you have to recognize that there'll be moments in time in your life that you've got to take a step back and appreciate that you're there. I'm so thankful that I'm going to have a chance today to watch a game where you've got uh, two uh, champion quarterbacks for the first time playing in this game, playing against each other, seeing a, a quarterback that has played now in three different decades. Yeah, for me, it's a magical moment. But it doesn't have to be something in sports, guys. It could be something where it is in your family, in your career, in your business, in a decision that you make one day to change everything in your life. You've got to take a step back and recognize the privilege of the moment that you have where you can say in the future, I was there. I saw that. I experienced that. I was a part of that. You know, there's many things that I'm never going to have a chance to experience that happened 40, 50, 60 years ago. I got to read it in a book. I got to hear from other people. But boy, when I'm in a moment that I can capture something special, here's the first lesson. Capture it. Get the juice out of it. Enjoy it. Let it settle in because it's a privilege to say, I was there. That's a great lesson. Let me give you another lesson that I think we can all uh, benefit from. Tom Brady could have been very cozy and comfortable playing up in the the Northeast, right? New England, cozy, comfortable, didn't really have to make a change, but he decided to get uncomfortable to have a new experience. Now, Pat, you got to imagine that most people thought he was nuts when he left New England, right? I, I, I thought he was. I mean, he had a great thing going there. Now, you're going to Tampa Bay, so Tampa Bay in winter as opposed to New England in winter, eh, I could kind of see that, but yeah, he 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 was a god there, mm-hmm. and, and he... To, to upstart and move somewhere else at that stage in your career. That's kind of crazy. It is, especially when you have no reason to, right? I mean, he didn't have to prove anything else. He could have just walked away and had a great career. He's already in the Hall of Fame, but he decided, I'm too comfortable. I'm going to try something different, and I'm going to go and do the second thing. Uh, the third thing here, the third lesson, challenge myself. So apart from staying away from being too comfortable and too cozy and too cushy, and sort of riding off into the wind somewhere, into the sunset rather, it's, it's important to continue to challenge yourself. So the third lesson that we can learn from the big game today is 
Challenge yourself. See, it's only when you challenge yourself can you know, number one, what you're truly made of. And number two, you can feel proud of the person you become along the way. It's okay to challenge yourself and fail because the pride is in the challenge itself, not so much the results. Doing something that you never thought that you could ever you could do or would ever do, certainly not something that somebody else would ever do. It's a challenge that you yourself and nobody else can be absolutely proud of. And that's a great lesson to take away from today's big game. Never get cozy and always strive to challenge yourself. And Pat, you got to admit, there's going to be quite a challenge for, for my man Brady today, right? It's going to be a challenge for anybody, for both teams. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to make this uh, this so exciting. So, I mean, if you say, oh, I'm not a football fan, watch this one and it will make you a football fan. Because the the star power and the athletic ability that it's going to be on display to, today is going to be amazing. You know, I like what you said, Pat. The fact that you don't have to be a football player. And it's true, guys. It doesn't matter whether you are a football fan or not. It doesn't matter if you are a Kansas City Chief fan or not or or Tampa Bay uh, fan or not or fan of Brady. It's irrelevant to the extent of the point that I'm trying to make. Let me give you the last one here. Enjoy what you do for the performance, not the profit. Enjoy what you do. For the love of the game, for the love of the career, for the love of the business, for the love of the mission, not for the profit, not for the accolade, not for the prize. See, at the end of the day, if you're not proud of what you do because it is you doing something and you're waiting to feel proud about something or waiting to feel good about something based on the the validation of others, then you will never find that place of peace. You'll never find that place of joy because it is that joy, that peace, that validation will always be dependent on somebody else's uh, word, somebody else's pocketbook, somebody else's check writing ability. When we lose our way and focus more on profit more than passion, we're never going to be satisfied. And one of the things I enjoy about these individuals playing today is that I know that I know in my heart that these brothers are playing because they love the game. They play for the passion. They're playing for the performance, not the profit. And when you keep that in priority, performance, purpose over profit, I think you're going to find that you'll have a great experience no matter what you do in life. And we're going to see that today in its full glory. Let me give you the last point here, the last lesson. Learn to take care of your body. 43 years old is not old, right, Pat? Well, I'm a little bit above that, so I I don't know. I kind of feel maybe it is sometimes, but if you take care of yourself, no, it's not. That's right. If you take care of yourself, it's not. By the way, 43 is not old. Uh, Don't listen to Pat. Don't 43 is not old. But if you've been playing football for 20-plus years, 43 is considered on the, uh, let's say, the older edge of the game, the older the older side of the of the spectrum as, com- as compared to Mahomes, which is in his mid-20s. But why is Brady at 43 years old still playing at a peak, le- uh, a peak level? Because along the way, he has taken care of his body, good health, good nutrition, mindfulness. If you take care of your body, your body will take care of you when you need it the most. Guys, I'm excited. Today's a great show. We're going to come back right after the break with Josh Tolley. Let's do this. Have you recently left corporate America, want to start your own business, but don't have the funding? Hi, I'm Erica with Amaro Capital. We help people like you build the business you've always dreamed of. 
Let us show you how. Give us a call at 954-688-6488 or visit our website at amorocapital.com. That's A-M-O-R-O-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. You will grow old unless you die young. Plan to be alive and thriving at 85. I'm Marcy Cody RN, lead author of the Amazon bestseller, 90 Ways to Age Vibrantly, a baby boomer's devotional journal with 90 multicultural ways to tweak your routine that your future self will thank you for. Available on Amazon, but if you come to MarcyCodyRN.com, you will get free gifts and discounts not available anywhere. That's MarcyCodyRN.com. If you need a new AC system, call Milestone for a free quote, and we install it the same day we give you our upfront price. If you're going to get a new AC, get Milestone. Let's not say milestoned. Okay, Sounds okay. How about milestone it? Much better. And what does it mean? Well, for one, we believe a correct AC installation must include a complete cleansing of your air ducts. So now we do that for free. A free duct cleaning. Because you should never hook a powerful new AC unit up to dirty, filthy air ducts. Because it blasts loose all clinging molds and bacteria, even viruses, blows them throughout your home. Disgusting. And it's a health risk. But since not everyone can afford the additional cost of a duck cleaning, we just do it for free. Let us milestone it. Need a new AC? Milestone it. We are online at callmilestone.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Guys, we've got on the line today a spectacular guest that, as I mentioned in the first segment, is really someone that not only exhibits absolute passion, but someone that has lived the life that he is speaking of today, a life of, of really an, an incredible entrepreneurial experience. Josh Tolley has written four best-selling books. He's a global speaker. He's a business-building giant. And it's very difficult not to find Josh Tolley anywhere on social media today sharing his message about living the entrepreneurial life. And for those of you guys know, that's been my entire life, living this entrepreneurial life. So I appreciate his message, and that's why he's on the show today. Josh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It is a pleasure and a joy to be with you today. Well, I appreciate you taking time. Now, you've got a busy schedule, and we've got a lot to unwrap here. But Josh, before we go ahead and get started, let's get our listeners up to speed by sharing with us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. So, um it kind of started when I was 12 years old. I started this entrepreneurial journey. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I barely graduated. I was reading at a seven-year-old level, and I was so shy that I couldn't order a hamburger from McDonald's. Matter of fact, I couldn't do that until I was 19 years old. So I was not what most people would think would be a, a great entrepreneur. No real formal education, illiterate, and shy. But I knew entrepreneurship was the only way to make it. Uh, one of the things that I was reading when I was teaching myself how to read was the Forbes 400. And I noticed out of the 400 wealthiest people, none of them got there by having a job, not one of them. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, number one, number two, number five, and number seven all dropped out of school. And there were two people on the list who never even made it to high school. So I quickly realized that, that this whole idea of going to school, going to college, getting good grades, getting a job was terrible. And I started my first legal business three days after high school. It failed. 
And, you know, one of the interesting things is people think failure in entrepreneurship is a bad thing. It's not. Failure in employment is terrible. Mm. If you fail as an employee, your odds of getting a good job next time go down. Uh, and if you fail again, it goes down yet again. But if you're an entrepreneur and you fail, your odds of success in the next business go up. If you fail in the second one, the third business, the odds are even higher. And I know billionaire investors who will not invest in a startup unless the founder has been bankrupt at least once. So anyway, um, by the time I got into my early 20s, I started getting the hang of this thing and became quite successful. I was on business number four. And I was starting to help other people kind of make this transition to entrepreneurship. And I remember sitting down across the table from a couple in their 30s. They had a couple kids, and we got their business to the point where they could leave their day jobs and just be entrepreneurs. And they started crying. And I said, what are you crying for? Because at 20, 21, I was in business for girls and cars, right? <laughs> and they said, we've been praying for something to change. And that's when a light bulb went off in my head. I started thinking, how many other people – go to bed every night thinking, is this all life is? Mm -hmm. So I really became passionate about entrepreneurship. I still bought, built, and sold my own companies. But at the same time, I really started helping other people too. So fast forward, uh, like you said, I've written a number of books. Uh, the best-selling one out of those is Evangelpreneur by mm -hmm. far. And uh, hosted my own um, talk show for nine and a half years. I've uh, done a bunch of media, Fox Business, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's just one of those things where my passion is really showing people and proving to people how entrepreneurship is for everybody. I remember I took a group out in Florida, and I said, okay, let's let's get rid of everything in our pockets. Pretend we're starting with nothing, no phone, no wallet, no nothing. How would you make sure you're not homeless by tonight? And by lunch, we made forty grand. We have so overcomplicated entrepreneurship; it's not even funny. You know, I like what you said earlier on about. In most jobs, if you screw up, you're done, right? Yep. And it follows you wherever you go. It follows you wherever you go. It's a, it taints a, a tremendous shadow on your potential and certainly your credibility. But as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I've always said that it is the only opportunity, the only career, the only way to make a living that is forgiving. It's yeah. a way to make a living that is forgiving. You can make entrepreneurial mistakes and you'll be forgiven. Make employment mis employee mistakes and you've got a tough road ahead of you. So I really appreciate you saying that because that's something that I have echoed for many, many years in my life. When do you believe that most people begin to exhibit this spirit of entrepreneurism? Um, typically around three or four years old. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really, really young. People ask me all the time, you know, are entrepreneurs special? Not everybody can be an entrepreneur, right? And, and that's an absolute lie. Everybody is born an entrepreneur. And if you don't believe me, go to any daycare or kindergarten class anywhere on the planet. And I've seen many different cultures. It's true everywhere. Those four- and five-year-olds will be entrepreneurs. And they'll be trading their baseball cards, their jelly sandwiches. <laughs> they'll be making deals. If, if you let me into the clubhouse, I'll give you a cookie. It's us, the adults, that actually beat it out of them, and we sell. We tell them, stop trading your jelly sandwich. Stop selling your sister's dolls. We are the <laughs> ones that beat entrepreneurship out of people. Everybody's born an entrepreneur, and it starts usually around three, three to four. Yeah, you know, I'd have to agree with that because even with my own son, he's 11 years old now, but at five or six, he was trying to convince me to give him a dollar to clean his room. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. God has, God has built it into humanity to be entrepreneurial. 
You know, that's that's a, a very key point, and we're going to talk about faith and, and what the Scriptures teach about living an entrepreneurial life, because I've also written a book years ago called The Entrepreneur's Devotional, and I know oh, you're yeah. a man of faith, and uh, and we share that in common as well. And, and there, you don't have to go very far to other than opening up what the Scriptures say about what we, all of us have as a God-given innate ability to create something, right? Except that we end up giving the best of what we have in terms of creativity to someone else. And we're going to talk a little more, more about that. But why is it that the academic world, whether it's grammar school, middle school, high school, certainly college and academia, why have they gotten so far away from emphasizing entrepreneurial creativity? Because that's what they get paid on. Uh, you can trace educational reforms back, and you'll find that right around the Industrial Revolution, the really big players, the Carnegies, the, the Mellons, the Fords, they actually started paying school districts to create employees. Prior to that, what we would do is we would go to school to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. And, you know, by lunch, Laura Ingalls was working in, in the mill with her dad. Once the Industrial Revolution came along, these, these robber barons came along and said, hey, we need employees. So if you become little employee factories creating real employees for our factories, we'll give you a bunch of money. And they said, yes, sir, just tell us how. And he said, well, my factory works from about a quarter to eight till about 345. So they started doing school from quarter to eight to 345, and it was all about repetition, repetition, repetition. And we really saw that swing take its next step in uh, the New Deal. Coming out of the Great Depression, we were still mostly entrepreneurs and some employees. After that, that's when it switched. That's when it flipped. And we went to mostly employees and some entrepreneurs. Well, at that point, education made the final leap. I have a textbook right here in my office from 1929. It was the last math textbook before the New Deal. And the first chapter of this seventh grade math book is paying your laborers. The second chapter is setting up your business. The third chapter is calculating profit margins. We used to teach kids, unless you're an idiot, you're going to leave school and be an entrepreneur. Now it's the exact opposite. That math book is going to have hundreds of pages of repetition, 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 and we're taught only the foolish, weird kids are going to go be entrepreneurs. The rest of you make the smart decision and get careers. And I, I, I echo that because I remember where I heard once that at the turn of the century in this country, you came here, as, as those who came to the United States, with a dream of building a business. But somewhere along the lines, and you've just described exactly how that happened, somewhere along the lines, becoming an entrepreneur, running your own business, got the short end of the stick. And we went from developing an employer mindset to an employee mindset. And even today, although some universities are starting to offer you uh, courses in entrepreneurial uh, creativity, entrepreneurial expression, here we are almost 100 years later, and we still have an overarching population that thinks that uh, working for someone else is the way to achieve uh, financial peace of mind, financial uh, peace at home. And we've got a long way to go, don't we? Oh, my gosh, yes. There's, there's no financial security with employment. None. Zero. Zip, zilch, nada. I don't care if you make four hundred grand a year. You are so at risk, it's not even funny. Uh, there was even a study done that said if you, by the time you hit 65, you have a 98% chance of being dead or broke regardless of the amount of money you're paid as an employee because you're an employee. 
And there's a number of reasons for that. First, your your financial planner lied about the rule of 72. Your retirement plan's not going to cut it. Secondly, employment can never keep up with the actual rate of inflation. So as you march through time, you're actually losing money. And it's it's just crazy. Not only that, it is 100% outside of your control. I don't care if you're making you know, $500,000 a year as a senior engineer at Boeing. If the CEO of that company makes a stupid decision or a plane crashes and nobody knows why, guess what? You're out of a job. And it had nothing to do with how well or skilled you are. So, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no security in, um, in employment. I remember I was checking into a Dallas hotel. And this uh, gentleman recognized me who was checking me in. And he said, hey, you're the guy on TV tell, telling people they need to be entrepreneurs. I said, yeah. He says, well, that's risky because you know, 80% of businesses fail. And I said, well, that's true. But 98% of employees fail. I'm already 18 points ahead of you. Good luck. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. In one of your talks, you said something that I found fascinating. You said that in this country right now, you need to earn about $70,000 a year to be broke. Yep. Now, now, sh- yep. share that. Share a little bit about that because that's just fascinating the way that you put that together. And I thought to myself, whoa, this is pretty cool. So I am, I am all about numbers, right? I'm all about logic. I don't put emotion into any of this, this business stuff. And I kept hearing people say, well, you know, poverty officially is $18,500 a year. And I'm thinking, man, I know people who make 36-7 who can't find two sticks to rub together. Where are you getting eighteen five? So I went and I just said, what are the 12 foundational expenses? I'm not talking about jets and Ferraris. I'm talking about just foundational expenses. And this is what I found. Housing, $1,000. Car insurance, 144 Cell phone, 73 Utilities, 264 Cable and internet, 100 Food, 332 Gas, 220 Car payment, 466 College loans, 575 uh, retirement 385, retirement savings. Now, this is a myth list because only half America only has $500. So I'm already dreaming, right? <laughs> Life insurance 33, health insurance 402. Nothing crazy on that list, not even clothes. So I hope you're someplace warm. That list added up is $59,600. And that's for a single male adult. So it takes $70,000 to be broke in America. Yet if you look up the top 10 earning college degrees, guess what you'll find? Seven of them don't even qualify for broke. And that's the problem we need to realize. $250,000 a year in this country is now considered affluent poor. So we have to get off of this idea that somehow 70, 80, 100 grand a year is you're doing okay. You're not. This is why the average family has $15,000 of credit card debt, yet they make $59,000 because it finally gets them beyond that $70,000 marker. And some of my talks, I get real and I get raw. And that's just the way I, I, I talk to people. I think sometimes you can't sugarcoat the truth. You just got to give no. it to them like like bad medicine, right? Here's what you need to know. And I, I, I'm always uh, very, very harsh with them and letting them know that you've been sold a bill of goods wherever you went to school that a J-O-B is going to provide for you security. And uh, only the person who told you that, they've got security because they're telling you that. But if if you are uh, relying on a job or someone else dictating the income you can earn, you'll never have true security because that can be taken away from you on any given day. 
Josh, when we come back after the break, I want to talk a little bit about your book, Quit Your Job or Die. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about that and, and what you meant by that and how really a job or, or, or having some sort of employment can be sort of the culprit for a sad and depressing experience and, and how you see it. So when we come back after the break, let's dive into that. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. It's tax season. Are you aware of all the changes that are taking place? Is your tax professional available year-round? At ALR Tax and Accounting Services, you're treated as family. We're here for you year-round. We have over 40 years of experience. Come visit us at our office or we can meet virtually. We can be reached at 347-913-4135. And the email is alrtaxforyou, number four letter U at gmail.com. Mention the Jay Mamie Show for a 10% discount. We look forward to working with you. Jay Mamie writes in his latest bestseller, Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On, that your potential to thrive will always be hindered if you're battling invisible enemies of worry, fear, doubt, and discouragement that only stagger and stunt your focus, your energy, your creativity, and your joy. Go to thejmamie.com for a copy of the book that many are calling a masterpiece, Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On at thejmamie.com. That's T-H-E-J-A-Y-M-A-Y-M-I.com. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to surge, healthcare officials are working around the clock to get as many people vaccinated as possible. In DFW, vaccination megacenters have been set up in Dallas, Tarrant, and Collin counties, but you must pre-register. Walk-up appointments are not available. Anyone interested in getting a shot should contact their respective health department to register. A link to sign up for your vaccination is on our website at klif.com. Have you seen what's happening with the stock market? Record highs every day. How long can this possibly go on for? By the way, this is exactly what happened right before the 2000.com bubbles burst. Remember that? Protect your savings in retirement by putting them into something safe like real gold and silver. I'm not talking about gold or silver stocks, but into real gold and silver you can actually hold in your hands. How do you get real gold and silver? By calling the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-600-GOLD. Now, the Oxford Gold Group will teach you everything you need to know about owning real gold and silver. It's so much easier than you think. So call the Oxford Gold Group right Right now at 833-600-G-O-L-D to get your free gold and silver investment guide. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold and silver company that I trust, and you should too. Get the Oxford Gold Investment Guide today and learn how easy it is to have real gold and silver delivered to your home or how to have real gold and silver in your retirement account. Call the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Folks, welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie on the line with the infamous, the fantastic Josh Tolley, just having a great time talking about entrepreneurial living and, and the mindset of an entrepreneur. Josh, we left off at uh, with your book, Quit Your Job or Die, which is a fantastic title. But in this okay. book, you talk about a, how a job can, for many, not for all, but for many, not only be the cause of death for them, but also, also the culprit for a sad and depressing life. Where do you see this happening the most? Um, anywhere where you don't sign the the front and the back of the paycheck. 
So the reality is that employment is dangerous. When I wrote the book, I thought, okay, I'm just going to write the book. I'll call it this while I'm writing it, and then I'll give it a different title later. Mm-hmm. But when I got done, I found that no better title could be found because you are dying at work. I, I remember I interviewed a cardiologist, and I said, Doc, what's the number one cause of death, disease, and you know, inflammation, illness, cancer? And he said, stress. And I said, oh, well, what's the number one cause of stress? Employment. And you actually start getting that feeling around sundown Sunday night, and mm-hmm. you are five times more likely to have a heart attack Monday morning between 6 and 10 a.m. than any other day of the week. And is that because you love your job so much? No. So it's, it's the number one cause of heart disease, number one cause of cancer, number one cause of diabetes in women. I'm not kidding. Uh, so it's, it's just terrible. Not only that, you add in workplace um, sort of accidents, there's that element too, but that, it doesn't even count that. But it's not just your health. It's also your marriage. You know, every pastor, marriage therapist, counselor, coach will tell you the top three reasons for divorce are communication, sex, money, and infidelity. But again, just like with money, I started looking at that list and I said, well, that's a lie. It's actually employment, employment, and employment, and employment. Because communication, we now spend 19 minutes a day with our spouse. How are you going to have good communication in 19 minutes? Also, the sex part, 19 minutes. We're told women are like microwaves or crockpots, men are like microwaves. You mm-hmm. can't cook nothing in a 19-minute crockpot. <laughs> so, so sex is actually declining because of employment. Um, the money, I've never, ever said, well, you know, why would you get divorced? Well, I just couldn't take it. Bob keeps leaving hundreds all over the place, and, you know, it's annoying me. It's always <laughs> the lack of or mismanagement of. So employment, 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 even in a fair you are, the number one place women have an affair is work. The number one place men have an affair is work. Why? Because they see somebody of the opposite sex that is actually working law, along with them. It's called a help meet. And they see that person chasing a dream, making decisions, being bold. They come hold, home, dump on the other person. We even call that person at work my work wife or my work husband. How sick is that? And then we wonder why divorce is so high. So it, it's the leading cause of teen pregnancy in a home, teen drug use in a home, teen runaways in a home, number one cause of suicide and depression. If you are unemployed or underemployed, you're 70% more likely to kill yourself. There's a different level of stress. Doctors have actually shown this now between entrepreneurs and employees. So, yeah, quit your job or die. You know, with so much overwhelming statistics and data, you would think that people will start to think differently about how they're going to invest their time and energy over the next 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but somehow they're not connecting the dots. And I think there's a challenge with that. That's why the work that you're doing, Josh, is so critical. Oh, you, thank you, brother. Oh, yeah, listen, it's my, it's, and I mean that with, with uh, wholeheartedly. We're both men of faith. I mentioned earlier yep. that we wrote a book. I wrote a book called The Entrepreneur's Devotional a number of years ago. It's actually going to be in a, in a second edition um, coming up now and still read by people all over the world. I take, thank you. I took, I take scriptures that speak about, uh, the life that you and I live, but what fires you up more about anything when you read scriptures that actually teach people what they should focus on in terms of finding their calling? Man, that is such a great question because from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible actually tells us to be entrepreneurs, and it actually tells us not to be employees, and I'm serious about this. When you look in Matthew, it it talks about how uh, you cannot serve God and money because you'll love one, hate the other, hate one, love the other. 
And we think serving money means the rich guy or the guy who's making a ton of it. No, it's actually the opposite. There's only four types of people in the Bible, a master, laborer, servant, and slave. For the sake of time, master's the rich guy on top of the hill. We know who he is. Uh, slave is captive, doesn't have a choice. But that leaves us with two, servants and laborers. Now, the Bible says do not be a servant to money, which means you have a choice. We think servants are somehow slaves. They weren't. They weren't in biblical times. They're not today. A servant had to start his shift. Typically, in biblical times, they would work a 10 to 12-hour day. Uh-oh. They started that shift when the master said so. When do we have to go to work? They could leave that shift when the master said so. When do you get to go home? If they saved up enough money, they could buy their retirement. Mm-hmm. And if they love their master, they could go to the city gate, put it all through their ear, take their master's mark, and be theirs for life. Today we call that tenure and pension. So serving money from a biblical standpoint is employment. It's, and I know that hurts. I know that's like a kick in the gut to a lot of listeners, but that's actually what it is. What servant had a lot of money? When you hear people say, well, the rich guy's serving money. No, he's not. not. Not at all. The first billionaire I met actually said, Josh, money is like air. You, when you have enough of it, you don't even think about it. Mm. But if I were to choke you, what is the only thing you're thinking about? You're not thinking about, oh, you know, I hope my wife has a wonderful life. I hope the kids were. No, you're only thinking about air. So that's the reality. Most of us in our employment is serving money. The same is true with greed. Greed is not the guy who's flying on a $20 million jet and giving $40 million away to charity. That's not greed. Greed is saying my church is important, my kid's school is important, my family is important, but I'm going to move three hours away for five more dollars an hour. That's greed. Mm. Well put. Well put, Josh. I have to imagine that the reason why your latest book, your most popular book, rather, Evangelpreneur, yeah. uh, is so popular is because it's resonating with a lot of people. Why do you think that is? Well, because I think in Christianity, we've been caught between two lies. On one side, we have this prosperity gospel stuff, you know, the, the say the right prayer, buy the magic, magic handkerchief, spin around three times, poof, you're a millionaire. And then on the other side, we have poverty gospel where money's not important. Don't worry about it, uh, but you know, make sure to give 10% on your way out. And in the reality is the actual gospel where God tells Abraham, be an entrepreneur, where he tells Adam, be an entrepreneur, where he tells David, be an entrepreneur, where even Jesus himself uses entrepreneurship as an example of those who get into heaven. There's a reality to this that has just been ignored because we're missing the actual truth. Now, when I say be an entrepreneur, I am not talking about needing that $20 million jet. Not at all. Uh, if you read Evangelpreneur, never in there do I tell you anything that would be, you know, Ferraris and rah-rah sort of stuff. I'm not that sort of guy. But what I do explain is how, look, you're either going to control money or money's going to control you. And if you're employed, it is controlling you. Point blank, period, end of sentence, mic drop. If you're an entrepreneur, even if you're making $50 a day as an entrepreneur, you're controlling it. It means you can make it to the kid's soccer game. You can make it to, to spend time with your wife. Money doesn't have to be the priority that you spend 40 hours a week trying to get and then lying to everybody and telling, telling people it's not important. I think that's a message for today. I think, and especially coming off the, the situation that we're in in the pandemic, you know, a lot of people who thought they had security with work find themselves through no fault of theirs, either out of a job or furloughed. So I think part of the reason why your message is resonating, not only now, but even in the last year or two years, is because 
there there is an awakening that's starting to occur for those that are seeking. Uh, there is an awakening. Yeah. Um, so I do believe and I hope that the tide continues to turn. But I know that as parents, the responsibility oftentimes lies within us, whether we're entrepreneurs or not, to be able to foster a spirit of entrepreneurial development into uh, with, with our children. How could a parent foster that spirit, in your opinion? You know, it, it's really interesting. I do a, a two- to three-day event called Business of Life. I have one coming up in Dallas not too, not too long from now. And I teach an entire section of the class on raising that next generation. And the first thing we have to do is stop forcing them to share. And I'm serious about this. When you force a kid to share, you're telling them you have something somebody else doesn't. Me as the power in this situation is going to take from you who have and give to you who don't. And that has created an entire generation of socialists. If you look at the 30 and under vote, Biden didn't win, Trump didn't win, Bernie Sanders won. 50 out of 50 states. Because we have forced kids to share. What we do instead is we teach them to trade. When my son has a fire truck and my daughter wants it, my daughter has to trade my son. And if he doesn't like the trade, he still has innate freedom to say, no, it's not worth it. I don't want to trade. She can either accept that or increase her offer. But it makes them little entrepreneurs, and it keeps everything the way it's supposed to be so they don't grow up to be socialists thinking, well, I showed up. Somebody needs to owe me some money. The second thing is get them involved in entrepreneurship from a young age, age appropriate, of course. But no, no kid makes money from chores or just being part of the household. No allowances. If you want to make money, you start a business. And you make that kid run a business every six months, changing businesses from kindergarten to, to uh, high school. That's 24 businesses. They're never going to worry about money in their life. I could drop them off in Singapore with 50 bucks, come back a year later, they'll be middle class. That's a very powerful lesson to teach our kids. And I think that it is a com- incumbent upon every parent to take responsibility for that. And as I mentioned before, whether or not you are an entrepreneur yourself, we had on our show a couple of months ago, Steve Siebel, who spoke about raising entrepreneurial kids, and he oh, talked yeah. about the same thing, encouraging your kids to think differently because that employer mentality starts young. Josh, yeah. we've got about a minute left here, brother. Yeah. What's next for Josh Tolley? Oh, my gosh. A, a huge presence in Texas. I'm, I come to Texas about once a month. So we do business of life events there. Um, I'm going to be speaking at a number of churches uh, coming up in the next month and a half. Uh, we do – I have a company called Purple Monkey Garage where we mentor business owners. Um, we have that coming up. So we, we just have a lot coming up. I'm, I'm writing a, a book right now called Killing Poverty which talks about how instead of constantly trying to treat poverty like a disease in underprivileged areas, we need to teach people how to financially spread prosperity instead. So there's, there's always stuff going on. Can people go to your website to find out what your schedule looks like? Yeah, yeah. They can go to joshtolley.com, J-O-S-H-T-O-L-L-E-Y.com, or they can go to purplemonkeygarage.com. Josh, we appreciate you being on the show. We'll be in touch, and we'll be visiting you when you come to Dallas, brother. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Be blessed. You too, brother. Bye-bye. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my 
inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com. Are you experiencing chronic pain and discomfort in your back, joints, or neck? Have you tried a number of remedies, treatments, and prescriptions without feeling any better? If so, schedule a consultative visit with my friend, Dr. Carlos Chapa from the Acupuncture and Integrative Medical Center in Las Colinas. He's a holistic doctor specializing in Eastern medicine and will treat the reason why you have the pain. Call 972-444-0660 today to book a visit or visit drchapa.com. That is D-R-C-H-A-P-A.com. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Oh my goodness, it is amazing. You know, within the, the first day that I started taking the three capsules, I felt a difference in my energy level. I've never had anything hit me that quickly. I take a walk every day because I have enough energy now to take a walk. And I ran into a neighbor. She was asking me, what in the world have you been doing? You look wonderful. You're losing weight and you look great and your color is just wonderful. And I said, it's this product. And I told her all about it. So... It's an amazing product, and God bless you for coming up with it. (laughs) Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code DALLAS. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show On the line right now, we've got our featured author spotlight. I'm excited about George Futterman and for what he has produced in his first book. It's making an impact already. It's helping a lot of people, as I mentioned in my earlier segment. And for good reason, too. There is no shortage of challenges that we're going to find ourselves in throughout our lifetime, right? But when you are in a profession or in a business or an entrepreneur where performance is required of you at a peak level in order to not only make a living, but in order to make an impact in the lives of those that you are serving. When storms come in life, this is when you've got to have a game plan in place to still continue to perform at a level that you're going to be proud of and it's going to serve your community and serve your clients and serve the people that you are helping to make an impact on. That's why I'm glad and very thankful that George Futterman, the author of the brand new book, Selling Through the Storms, is joining us today. George, welcome to the show. Jay, it's a pleasure. George, let's go ahead and dive right into your book because I think it's a timely book. But before we do that, why don't you share with us a little bit about yourself? Jay, growing up in uh, Westchester, uh, New York, uh, was uh, definitely uh, something to be very grateful for um, and uh, has its pros and cons. My dad um, and uh, my mother both worked uh, very hard. Uh, my dad um, was a military veteran and uh, very disciplined. He actually uh, ran uh, one of the uh, largest uh, pen and pencil companies. Yes, uh, pen and pencil companies, uh, very rare. And, um, you know, worked uh, seven days a week. So um, definitely uh, was challenging as I really didn't, uh, you know, uh, see him much. And uh, always had that... Uh, that curious mindset of, uh, you know, why he's working so hard and 
and what is he doing? You know, being young, you know, we don't really understand all that. And my mother, you know, was a stay-at-home mom for, for a while um, and then went back to work as a, uh, as an educator, uh, ESL teacher. And, um, you know, that, that, that intrigued me uh, uh, internally at a young age to basically, uh, you know, really find out what was going on and what, what, what was so great about working so much. And, you know, I was the kind of person who uh, was, was driven, had this drive to really, you know, to really do stuff, put things together and, um, and really, you know, focus on, you know, what's going to make me happy. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, where I started, Jay, in terms of, you know, finding, uh, you know, what direction I wanted to think I wanted to go into. You know, Josh Tolley, who was our prior speaker, spoke a lot about learning early on uh, to develop your entrepreneurial spirit. And you certainly saw that in your father. Uh, as I've spoken with you in the past, you had a chance to see how your father worked so hard. He built his own company. And you really didn't start off um, with any real employee situation you almost jumped right into the sales and selling profession almost right out of college and even throughout college you always even back in and i believe in your teen years you were always doing things to make money and then obviously after college you went into full-time sales tell us a little bit about that sure jay thank you you're absolutely correct and um i had the mindset of always kind of trying new things and, and moving forward even if i didn't know you know, what direction I was going into uh, or what I wanted to do. And I don't really think anyone does at an early age, but um, I was always uh, looking to do different things. Maybe I was bored. Maybe I just trying different things. Um, and I was definitely uh, a person uh, that had uh, a lot of influence or I tried to surround myself uh, with people who were very successful at an early age. My parents being a very good role model, um, and then, you know, going to uh, college, I went to a, a SUNY school up in Albany. And, um, you know, funny story, my, my mom actually, you know, made me join a fraternity. And uh, that sounds a little bit uh, awkward, but um, it was one of the best things she made me do because, uh, you know, 25 years later, um, we are still very good friends uh, for probably about 20 or 30 of us. And they definitely helped me throughout my, uh, my storms and my challenges. And definitely helped through, you know, my business, uh, you know, endeavors. So uh, definitely something um, that I'm very grateful for. Well, you mentioned storms, and that's really the the epitome of your book. But what inspired you to write this book, Selling Through the Storms? So we all know that life is not easy, Jay. And um, I'm sure everyone in the audience would uh, concur on that, uh, not only because of what's going on now, but in general, we go through challenges of life, and um, and they're not easy. And um, I decided to uh, write about uh, those uh, challenges or what we call storms, um, you know, whatever category or metaphor, you know, we're utilizing, you know, storm one, two, three, or four. And um, it wasn't easy. And basically, uh, those storms are the challenges that we uh, are either facing now or may face in the future. Um, and uh, I think it is definitely something that we need to internalize and, and, and know that it is not going to be easy. And if we can find ways or resources to help us through these uh, prior in preparation, um, it's going to help um, and impact uh, that person. Because we're not alone. We're all going to go through challenges. And uh, we just need to uh, find ways that um, help us 
get through those challenges. Now, I would imagine four years ago, if you would have known what the following four years was was going to deliver for you in terms of uh, tsunamis, not not little rain showers in your life, but tsunamis. And if you care to share some of that, that would be wonderful with our to, for our listeners could really understand what a tsunami looks like in someone's life. But yet you still continue to be a top performer in your industry, even as you went through those tsunamis. Elaborate a little bit about that, if you could, please. Absolutely, Jay. Thank you. Um, so tsunamis and the categories of the storms, the challenges, we would say, um, definitely have to, I would say, uh, internalize the fact that it's, it's not fun. It's, you got to accept that it's not going to be easy and you're going to fall. And it's okay. Uh, for example, uh, I did lose uh, my father uh, several years ago as a Vietnam veteran uh, due to Agent Orange. Um, I did, you know, go through some personal challenges. I do have two kids that really need a great father, and I have become a better father because of the storms. Um, and basically working, helping my clients, helping myself, helping my kids um, has really come through resources that are available to all of us. And you just need to be able to really want to help yourself. And I really figured out early that there's always one person that's going to be with me. And that's my brain. And my brain, as funny as it might sound, is with me 24 hours a day. And I really need to get in sync with my brain or it's going to get in sync with me. So I have to figure out what's going to work for me and what could work for others. For example, um, I never thought I would have a life coach. I never thought I would do hypnosis. I never thought I would go back to karate. I never thought I would be uh, so involved with volunteer work. And I never really thought that if I reached out to the right people, that they would be so willing and able to help me and share their 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 inspiration and their and their thoughts and just another perspective. So there's a lot of resources out there if you really look, and that's really what my book is about. So what is the message that you want your reader, the person who reads the book? And by the way, the person who's going to end up reading your book is someone that is either in a storm or wants to prepare for one, uh, because they're also concerned with peak performance and uh, and really giving what they're doing their best while they're dealing with these storms. But what is the message that you want this reader, the reader of the book, to walk away with? So the message, Jay, and everyone listening, is that um, the, the definition of happiness and success is different for everybody. And as, as generic as that sounds is, you know, we all have challenges. We're going to face these challenges in life, and we're all facing one now. You know, it's worth repeating. And we really have to internalize and want to help. And how do we do that? It's easier said than done. And all these things that I have done that I never thought I would ever do and still come out on top is something that has driven me to – a level I never thought of, and uh, it keeps me going. And the message I would really say to anyone listening to this and, and really going through something uh, or changing or, or, you know, anything going on, relationships or, or divorce or, or anything in terms of grieving or anything of that nature, is to really, you know, reach out to 
people you know or things online or find something that you never did before, there are resources out there if you want to move forward. And the, and the key here, Jay, is to keep moving forward is the message. Even if you don't know where you're going and what direction, just keep moving. Because eventually, whether it's left, right, up, or down, as long as you keep moving forward, you're going somewhere. And I truly believe that you will find that place of, you know, happiness and success. It's not going to be easy, but you will you will get there. Well, George, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, in your book, you actually detail some of these uh, personal storms that you went through. So I encourage my listeners to go out and pick up the copy of the book because either you're going to be in a storm, you're right around a corner from one, or one is, uh, or you're just getting out of one. And his story is so powerful, and he yet continues to be a peak performer, top performer in his industry, which is absolutely amazing to be able to do. So, George, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for coming on. Jay, it's a pleasure. Everyone be well, and thank you very much. Folks, you can find a copy of his book at georgefutterman.com. It'll also be posted on our website. Guys, that's a wrap for this week. What a powerful show that we have uh, wrapped up. We're looking forward to a great game today. Hopefully, you can walk away with some lessons that we spoke about earlier. Make sure you track down Josh Tolley, track down George Fudderman. Have a thriving week. We'll see you next Sunday.